Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host as always, Alex, and with me tonight I have Dan. Hey, how are you? Very good. It's always good to have an episode after a win, and I think this might be our first win uh, since we've returned with the podcast in the new year. So uh, officially, unofficially broken the curse, potentially, that we had hanging over the podcast. 2-0 against Stoke. Great result. Bowen Grzycki amongst the goals again. Couldn't ask for much more. No, I think um, I think it was all round. It was a very a very strong performance, and it was the performance that um, I mean, some of the players have come out and said um, as much that it's the performance that they really needed to put in after um, the game against what was it Blackburn. Um, so yeah, I think um, I the, the everyone seemed to play well. Um, it was nice to see Irvine's basically slotted straight, straight back in um, as if he and hasn't missed a beat, um, which is, I mean, impressive because Evander has been pretty good um, the few games that, you know, Irvine was away. I wasn't sure. I mean, I know Irvine's been obviously for a more significant uh, chunk of the season playing there, but still, you know, sometimes it's hard to displace a player on form. So, it was good to see him come in and he's basically just picked up where he left off before he went away for the Asian cup. So that was good. Um, I think it was good to see Campbell start again. Um, he, I think he just adds a lot, a lot. um, It's it's kind of, it's kind of amazing that he's been out of the team for as long as he has. And we've continued our good form. I think we've said previously that he had that great scoring run where he, he scored in several games in a row and then got injured. And we sort of worried that maybe we'd drop off a bit, but we kind of carried on without him. And now that he's back in the team, he's just adding that dimension and and got the assist for the Grzycki goal. Yeah. I think um, he's just a little bit, um, got a little bit more uh, movement, um, then and like then uh, Martin offers, um, and like Campbell's just he's just always harassing the defense, and that's like he plays that role perfectly. And like even there's a moment where um, we I think he took a shot and he hit the side netting, and the ball rolls over and it goes near one of the the ball boys, and Jack Butlin's going over to get the ball to take the goal kick, and Campbell goes over there with him and knocks the ball out of the ball boy's hands <laughs> and tries to like kick it away, and like that. Just all those the little things that, he, like, he's just he's a good pest to have yeah. um, for for us anyway. And um, the way I mean to have been missed missed a few games um, and and you know come back in and he had some really good opportunities himself. So um, it's good to have him back, especially with you know where we start coming to like in the coming games we're getting have some very important matches and I think um, that's in, it. Ter- in, in terms of trying to creep into those playoff spots yeah so yeah and I think in a way um, I don't know how intentional it was just sort of guessing but the fact that he's been fit but still sit- sitting on the bench it almost makes me think at his age with his sort of injury history whether Adkins sort of thought well if I give you essentially a month off two three weeks whatever it ended up being of, of just you know easing back into it, giving you a proper rest for the run-in, he can now sort of treat January as a, as a second preseason almost, get right up in terms of fitness, and then run out the second half of the season, hopefully. 
Yeah, I think that's that's very that's got to be a distinct possibility. Um, we know that Campbell, when he's fit, he's really good, but he does he has over the last few years started to pick up um, like those soft tissue injuries, similar to what has been happening with Evandro, where he sort of he just maybe can't quite fully shake them. And so I think um, you might be right there. It might be just a little bit of uh, caution um, combined with a bit of foresight, hopefully, from Adkins to say, if we just give you a little bit of a rest here, we're going on form. We've been going um, – we've got plenty of people scoring goals as well. So it's not as – hasn't been necessarily as crucial to have him up there. Um, so that's – it's all. I think it's all just – everything's sort of falling into place a little bit to – um, just to keep pushing us in the right direction. And uh, I want to talk about two pairings. I'll start with the centre-backs, who everyone was um, perhaps, perhaps fairly critical of McKenzie last week. He is very young and inexperienced, but in in some ways that was, uh, I guess, the issue against Blackburn. Um, he started again at, at down-back with Lehigh this time, um, who, was, who was one that I'd sort of mentioned previously as a potential centre-back pairing. Um, and, and they were just fantastic together and, and kept out a, a pretty strong Stoke attack. So, you know, full credit to them to keep a clean sheet in that situation. Um, and, and that we, we always talk about the fact that if you keep a clean sheet, you know, you're one step of the way towards a victory. And, and they did a fantastic job. Yeah, I don't think... Um... It's a sort of performance, like, I mean, it was good for the team in general, but particularly for a like McKenzie, who, when he came on a uh, couple of weeks ago um, and he made a couple of errors and, um, you know, and then had not, not a very good game last week, I think that it's, pretend, it's very close to, you know, to perhaps having that all that self-confidence that um, just falling away and then you get stuck in a in a, a, a negative form slump but it's a good to have a nice uh, to come out and have a really good performance like that and um, that'll only help help him um, for the future I think like realistically like even though our depth is really young we do have we got we have so many promising players that are on the fringes at the moment and it's good to see that okay yeah he didn't have a, uh, the great game against Blackburn but there's you know, he had a really good game on the weekend, so there's plenty of potential in that they're able, they are able to come in and fill those holes um, if we're unlucky enough that those holes appear again in the run-in. Yeah, and I think that's a re- really good point about the fact that, speaking as, for the team as a whole, um, to come back from that 3-0 defeat to Blackburn, we had such a great run leading up to that 10 games unbeaten. Um, you could have very easily seen the side sort of dip in confidence, dip in form, following that Blackburn game, and instead we backed it up with a great home performance, I think, to make it five in a row at home now. Um, it was really great to see because, you know, it was such an important game to get something out of, to get a response to that Blackburn performance, just for the players to sort of convince themselves that they, they are actually as good as the table suggests and that they, they are actually, um, you know, playing to their capabilities and can actually push on for the remainder of the season. Um, and and I, none more so than Bowen and Grzycki on on both wings, who are the other pair that I wanted to talk about. They had quiet games against Blackburn, and I think uh, it was one of the journalists in the Hull Daily Mail sort of suggested that, they're, I think it was uh, Swanee perhaps, that they're basically the most dangerous pairing in the championship at the moment, and that's down to the fact that they're both so dangerous on the wings that to guard them, you almost have to double-team them, and if you're going to double-team both of them, it just leaves a huge hole in your midfield. Um, and Blackburn were able to do it successfully, but most teams won't get that opportunity. And we saw against Stoke, I mean, Bowen scoring a great free kick and then Krzyzewski, um, you know, capitalising on some space in the middle of the box from a, cu- a Campbell cutback 
Uh, and he's he's also nominated for Player of the Month, which is great to see. Um, and he, he had an interview recently in a Polish paper. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But just in terms of their performance against Stoke, it was just great to see them both back amongst the goals. Yeah, it was. And I think the Grzyzki, I mean, Bowen's free kick was like all I watched, all, every game I watched on the weekend, all I saw was amazing free kicks. So it was um, nice to see one, uh, Bowen put one away. It was um, just incredible. But Grzyzki's, um I was really impressed with, um, was nice composure to, to be able to, to like make make the run, get, get there and all that. But basically first touch to put it, Right in the bottom corner, out of um, Butland's reach, it was um, it was a very good finish. And interesting comments from him in um, an interview in the Polish paper, basically suggesting if he were to get promoted, he'd be happy to sign a new three-year deal and, and basically see out his career at the club. And it's um, it's a very different turbo to the player who only a couple of years ago was sort of sitting there saying, well, it's 9pm, I wonder if anything's going to happen in the transfer window. Um, he seems really committed to the club now and he seems to have got his head down and, and actually discovered a bit of form, discovered a bit of happiness at the club. Um, I think it's obviously a long shot that we'd actually get promoted and see that situation play out. But, um, you know, who knows? And to come the end of the season, I think I've suggested previously, if we were to make the playoffs, the playoff final even, if he's in great form, I wonder if the club could sort of convince a few of these guys to go one more season, potentially at a reduced wage. We sort of know how the club operates now. They, they're quite keen to trim the fat and, and those guys on Premier League wages would be the first to go. But you never know whether they'd be happy to sort of take a bit of a cut to to have one final push next season before potentially moving on. Yeah, I was I was actually thinking about um, Grzycki earlier today, and I was thinking, uh, with in terms of his the attitude that we've seen and um, his much maligned attitude, I sort of thought like he he was there with he came with when Silver was there, and then Silver got the sack um, and or left, and then. We had Slutsky and he didn't really get going under Slutsky and then Slutsky got the sack. And it's only really been since Adkins has come in and we've and he's had all this time with the one manager who's obviously actually been able to like they've had their issues, but they've obviously been able to sit down and have those have the conversation and and find out where each other's at and what each other's expectations are. And I think that's really benefited Grisicki for us. And um I think yeah, if we were if we were able to get into the playoffs, um, get close to um, promotion, um, and Adkins, you know, uh, they actually do give Adkins the extension that we're all clamouring for. Um, then, I mean, it's a, I think it would be a distinct possibility, um, but then it's also going to come down to, you know, the it's the transfer transfer window again in, and what the owners decide to do or whether they. Um, I just read the other day. There's apparently there's someone else who's made initial contact for you know for a takeover. So you you yeah. never really know what's happening. So, but I hold my breath on that one. I think yeah, you know, we, we've heard it so many times that I mean I, I've just gotten to the point where until until we see the photos of them outside the club, you know, announcing that they've taken over, I'm not going to believe there are any new owners. To be honest. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, that was. Anyway, I don't want to... Let's not have that conversation just now. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, I, I did want to yeah. move on and we'll talk about um, uh, other off-field issues that we've seen during the week in a positive sense, which was the unveiling of the new crest, which was announced earlier this week. Um, restoring the name to the crest, I think, was the main thing that supporters were looking for, and it's got a big tick in their books. Um, it's a bit of a curved design. It's a bit sleek. It's a bit modern. 
Um, mostly a positive response, which is pretty rare in these situations. Normally crests are sort of met with a bit of um, unhappiness and unease because people don't tend to like a bit of change in that situation. But what, what did you make of the new crest? Yeah, I mean, I, I quite like it. Um, I think it was like my first reaction when I saw it was I went, it's not really that much different, is it? Which is probably good. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good thing. Like, I think if there, if it had come out and been just like really different, if it'd been um, something that no one was really expecting, and it and it seemed like all the advice that they'd been given in their meetings with the and surveys and everything, if they if it had appeared that they just ignored that, then obviously the noise would have been a lot worse. But I think overall, yeah, it's it's. I mean, they've retained most of the things that people want and they've put put the name back on so i don't really have any i can't really complain about it too much can't complain either so i guess we'll move on and we, we can talk about the uh, upcoming games because we've got two of them coming up in the week uh derby is obviously the big one on the weekend and we'll talk about that one first and then we've got rotherham at home midweek um but derby i mean you touched on them before and i think the fact that we're so close to them um in the table and a lot is riding on that game in terms of our promotion playoff prospects. Um, I think if we win that game, um, it sort of makes it a lot more tangible that we could make the playoffs. Um, we're four points behind them at the moment with an extra game played, but if we get that win, we're suddenly potentially only one, one point outside the uh, playoff places, um, and it would be just a huge sort of um, statement of intent, I guess. So how do you see that game unfolding, and, and how do you like our chances? I think um, because we responded so well um, on the weekend against Stoke, um, obviously Derby is going to be a a whole different proposition from Stoke, but I think because we got a positive response and we we basically we've maintained our good form, I think we actually really go into this with with a good opportunity to to reduce that gap. Um, And I, I mean, I don't know whether it is an upset, Maybe it's an upset if we win, but I could, I'll, I, I could see us, I could see us taking the points against Derby on the weekend. Um, if Chris, you know, it's it's the same old, it's going to be the same story that we've been, you know, if everyone turns up and they do their job, then, you know, if Grisicki and and Bowen and, and Campbell keep doing what they do, I see no reason we can't score goals. And I suppose the only concern, I guess, is if we're if it's McKenzie and Lehigh again, um, regardless of whether. Mackenzie had a good game um, on the weekend. He is still young um, and very inexperienced, and that could count against us because um, Derby's got a pretty strong squad, I believe. So, um, but I think I think we've got a I think we've got a reasonably good chance of picking up all three points against them. Well, they they certainly have a strong squad, and I saw a poll during the week uh, asking, "Would you rather have Harry Wilson or Jared Bowen in your squad?" And it's, uh, it's hard not to look at a poll like that and think, oh, well, there was a team that had both of those players in their side last year. Um, and it's, it is actually interesting when you compare the stats and the fact that Bowen, I think, has actually scored more goals than Wilson so far this season, which is pretty incredible when you sort of... The perception of Wilson, I suppose, because all of his goals are, are such high-quality goals, um, you sort of put a bit more weight on his um, performances. But Bowen is just having another terrific season. And and has certainly shaken any doubt of, of being a one-season wonder. Yeah, I mean that that is a question. I mean, I'd I'd be I'd just be happy to, I'd be happy to have them both again. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, overall, 
I mean, if I had to make a choice, I'd probably would just I'd be I'd be happy to keep Bowen, um, and I'd probably would would rather Bowen over Wilson, but I'm not entirely sure why. Maybe it's just because Bowen's had the been in the black and amber for you know yeah, a longer time. A bit of bias on our side. Yeah, but, can't complain <laughs> but about um, that. no, um, yeah, it's it's an inter- that's an interesting one, but I think yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'll just I'll just stick with my bias and I'll take Bowen. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it is interesting. Derby's form hasn't been great lately. They've had two draws and a loss in their last four games. So, um, your question of whether it'd be an upset if we were to win, I suppose, yes, in the sense that they have been in and around the playoffs for um, the majority of the season, whilst we haven't. Um, and and they have quite a good record against us in recent history as well. They had the uh, the five nil win last season and then the four nil thumping in the League Cup this season, so it seems like each season we have a um, smashing at the hands of Derby, which you can't help but feel is them trying to get payback for that 3-0 playoff semi-final victory at their place. Um, It it, it will be an interesting one. There's obviously a few ex-City boys at at the club. Um, Curtis Davies out for the season with an Achilles injury, I believe, Um, but obviously Huddleston's been um, a mainstay of their team for most of the season as well. Um, so there is a bit of a bit of um, spice in the game in that sense as well. Um, you sort of touched on whether McKenzie will, will keep his place in the team. I, 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 I don't know if this comes too soon for Lee, uh, for Device to come back in. I wonder if Burke would be fit for it, though. I don't know how serious his injury was. But you can't help but think after the Stoke game, um, you kind of want to keep that defensive pairing together to just sort of breed a bit of confidence and security and, and stability for them. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I I think that um, Lehigh and McKenzie probably deserve the chance to to go again, unless like unless obviously Burke or Device is, you know, they can say definitively that they're 100% fit and you know and they're ready to go. Um, but and I I just don't really see if that's the case. They were talking, you know, were a few weeks for sort of each of them, I think. And yeah, I think just. Uh, with the two games, you know, maybe it's better just to play McKenzie and maybe, you know, look at the midweek to give, um, you know, if, if Burke or Device were um, fit or close enough, maybe the midweek against Rotherham is the time to give them a give them a chance. Yep, fair enough. Well, wh- before we move on to talk about that Rotherham game, did you have a score prediction for the Derby fixture? Uh, 2-1 to City. <laughs> nice one. I'll, I'll back you in that one. Um Rotherham then midweek is is uh, another interesting one. I mean, if we look at it from the hypothetical that we were to get the three points against Derby, the Rotherham game then becomes huge in the prospect that we could actually go into the playoff places with a win there. Uh, and, and then obviously anything less than three points against Derby, we'd really need to be getting the three points against Rotherham to, to sort of close that gap again that Derby would have opened up on us. So either way, really, it's a must-win game um, from that perspective. Um, back at home for that one, team just outside the relegation zone. I think they've had one win in their last five. Uh, this is really the sort of game we just want to put the foot down, basically like we did against Bolton. Yeah, I think so. And when you consider what we just went five wins in a row at home, um, good opportunity to make it six. Um, yeah, and it's a good opportunity to keep um, building on that goal difference, I think. Um, I can see a getting a few past. I mean, I could actually even see this ending up 3 or 4-0 against Rotherham. Yeah, I, I think 
it's just the sort of game that we have to be going out all guns blazing. And if we could potentially get a bit of form and confidence into guys like Martin and Pew, perhaps could start in that fixture if we want to rotate the squad a little bit. Because we now have those options that we don't need um, to be risking Bowen and Krasinski every game, running them into the ground, um, whether we give Pew that go. And, and Ridgewell suddenly starts to enter the equation because I know his fitness hasn't been quite right for the last few games, but whether Adkins thinks that that's a game where he could throw him in, um, whether it's off the bench or starting, just to give him a bit of a taste for it um, and try and get his fitness up to um, a match fitness standard, um, it's another interesting dilemma for that game. Yeah, I think... I mean, Ridgewell must be must be close. I don't think he was too far away because I think he'd been training with... Was it West Brom? That he'd been yeah, training with so. for a little while before he came and, and trialled with us, essentially. Um, so, he, like, it's, he's not starting from scratch, but, yeah, I think it's just that match fitness. And so a couple of weeks in full training with us um, will have helped. And, yeah, I think he's got it. I think he's close to to getting a bit of getting a, getting a bit of action. It just, um, just depends, I guess, on what Adkins decides to do, what he's seeing in training. So, But he's got to be close, surely. I mean, they wouldn't have... They wouldn't have just signed. They wouldn't have signed him unless they thought he could offer something. So, yeah, absolutely. So that's another interesting one. So I think we're both backing a pretty comfortable victory in that one. Um, I guess before we wrap things up for the night, did you have any closing thoughts? I mean, we haven't really touched on the uh, the interview with Radio Humberside. I don't know if we wanted to touch on that. Um, I guess you know we sort of touched on the um, takeover perspective of it, but um, I guess. Asim suggesting that a couple of the buyers recently have been turned down because they haven't had the funds to sustain the club. What did you make of those sorts of comments? Um, yeah, it's it was interesting to read, um, and it was interesting trying to decipher what was truth and what was spin. Um, I get the sense that a lot of it because he made mention of um, the. It was kind of the takeover a couple of years ago when that Chinese consortium, um, I think it was, tried to take over and with the protest thing. And they, he said they, they saw that and that turned them off the club. But then there was a comment after that and they the that consortium apparently said, you know, if you've done all this for the club and this is how they treat you, you know, what are they going to do? How, what are they going to do to us if it all doesn't go well? And I was like, mm, that seems it's just seemed a little bit of because that's been Alan's thing. He he he. They just say, oh well, we've you know we we've all done this for the community, and we've done this you know for for all of you, but you guys don't you don't appreciate it. And that sort of seems their that's their um, party line really, and it's a bit it's a bit upsetting. Um, so I yeah, think there's some bit- of. It's yeah. a bit interesting their um their timeline of things because I would have thought that the Chinese bid was actually blocked by the uh, Premier League, and the protests that he's referring to are actually the next season with the tennis balls on the pitch and and that sort of thing. So it gets a bit interesting about how they're sort of trying to spin what constitutes the protests that you know cause these issues. Yeah, I think, and I think that's sort of where it's it's. It was, I think, a bit of a publicity stunt to try and, you know, they've, they've released the new crest and they're doing some of these positive things and it's just he wants to put his – have his voice out there and, and try and – try while things are positive around the club, try and, I guess, garner some um, more positive, um, like, like, interaction with the, with the fan base. Because there was some other things he mentioned about the – was it 
head of supporters trust or someone that he um that they gave him the they gave he gave them alamount scarves or something at some yeah. function or whatever yeah and like which all these I, things and yeah. which and like yeah i don't know it's all it's all very interesting or it is and I'm, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll hear much more about it over the coming weeks i think um it was very interesting timing with the release of the new badge, but we'll see if there's anything else that comes out from the club over the next few weeks. It was interesting, I saw on Twitter, some mentioned that the uh, the club is starting to focus on um, concession ticketing or, or at least um, reduced pricing. I, I don't know if they specifically use the word concession, so that's perhaps something to treat with caution. But um, hopefully promising signs that the club is starting to try and um, repair some of the damage that's been done. Yeah, and I think like we didn't, we all know what's been done. So if they just need to, if they if they are making steps, however small, to rectify the mistakes that have been made, then that's a positive thing. Um, even if it's only that they're they're only doing. I mean, I think at the end of the day, they're only doing it to make it a more attractive proposition to buyers. It becomes they're trying to work back towards a club that is actually engaged with the community and has the support of the community. Um, because that's obviously easier for someone to come in and, and spend the money and want to spend more money in. You don't want, you know, what happened with with Sunderland or something to happen where the owner just decides that they're not in, they're not in, they're not buying, not investing in the in the team anymore. They you're going to have to, you know. I, I do have to I do have to question a little bit when the alums say, well, we turned them down because they didn't have the funding to sort of sustain the club um, and, and sort of inject cash to invest in the squad. And I think, well, hang on. The Alums haven't been doing that for three seasons now. They've been basically running it at a break-even and using any money that's gone in from the parachute payments, from the player sales, from other revenues to fund the playing squad rather than their own cash. So they can't really sit there and say, well, you know, it's in the best interest of the club to find someone who can invest when they're not doing it themselves. So at worst, we're going from one owner to another who are treating us exactly the same way. And at best, perhaps the goodwill of the new owners would see larger crowds more income and and then perhaps funding for the playing squad could come from that yeah i i mean it's a debate that i'm sure we could continue continue for a very long time but um yeah it's i, I don't really take um any of what was said in that interview without a grain of salt and i only really take it at face value at that so um it's not really worth much that they're essentially empty words, you know, from all, like, I mean, we've seen what they actually do, so they need to back up what they say, and for the most part, they haven't, so, I mean, it's just, hopefully, they keep, they keep on with the small positive steps that they have been making lately. Yeah, absolutely, and I think we'll leave it there. Hopefully, uh, a sign of things to come that the squad is on the up, the club is on the up with the new crest, and hopefully the uh, the the sprouts of positivity can really blossom over the last few weeks of the season. But thanks for coming on tonight, Dan. Not a problem. And thanks everyone for listening. And hopefully we'll be back this time next week. Hopefully having secured six points from our next two fixtures and and either be in the playoff places or uh, just thereabouts, hanging in there, putting pressure on those top six teams. So until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black.
There's no turning back, cause you're out.